Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and joining us again this morning as he does about this time every year, it's kind of become a tradition, Greg Grubb, Executive Director of PATH in Tyler, People Attempting to Help. Welcome back, Greg. Happy New Year. Great to have you with us as always. Good morning. Happy New Year to you. And don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Greg, PATH is moving into its 33rd year now. 1985 is when it all got going. Hard to believe. And it's just become so familiar to so many people in the community, but always something new to share, as we will be doing today. And for those who need a refresher course or who maybe, uh, for whatever reason, just moved to town, maybe aren't aware of what you do, let's go into a little bit of history, mission, purpose, etc. Good, good. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity, as always, John. Um, yeah, PATH is a is a interesting and unique local community organization. A group of local leaders decided that we could do a better job working together to address the needs of people in poverty in our community and then we could doing it individually. And so a group of church leaders um, under the guidance and the prodding of our founder, Mrs. Windsor, uh, decided to form PATH uh, in 1984 and they started serving in 1985 from the basement of Christ Episcopal Church. And uh, we've, we've grown since then and continue to serve the needs of the local community. Uh, I explain our current batch of services is in that we have two really baskets of services. One is short-term, immediate kind of services for people in need, and then there are longer-term programs. Our longer-term program consists uh, primarily of our transitional housing program, where we work with people for a couple of years to try to help them become more financially stable. Uh, the short-term, immediate services are the ones we're probably most known for in the community. Uh, includes um, uh, a food pantry, the, the largest uh, in the region is a choice food pantry. Uh, we includes uh, assistance uh, with rent and utilities these days. We have um, appointments available to refer people to for, for dental assistance or eye exams. Uh, we can uh, help with short-term immediate prescriptions. Um, we refer people to other organizations in town that are doing great works that, so that we don't have to try to provide everything. This is a great community, and there are a lot of good organizations, and we refer them over, and people are referring to us constantly. Uh, so it's just a great place to come if people don't know where to go. We invite people to come. We're open uh, 40 hours a week, uh, Monday through Thursday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., 402 West Front street and uh, for people who are in need in our community we recommend them to come in and talk to us and let us see if there's some way uh, we can help uh, help you with your immediate situation or, or maybe help you talk through your current situation to help look at alternatives okay you mentioned mrs windsor a few minutes back and all this information or some of it at least is available on the website uh, pathhelps.org p-a-t-h-h-e-l-p-s.org but uh, mrs windsor talking about Ms. gertrude windsor a longtime leading citizen in the community community servant and uh, just in case anybody was wondering who mrs windsor mm -hmm. was she was already very well known in the community and quite up in years i believe 
close to 90 years old or something? That's right. That's yeah. right. Can you imagine, you know, a, a wealthy, 90-year-old, a well-established woman decides to take on this task. And and it wasn't, she didn't just kind of wind it up and let it go. Mrs. Windsor was involved uh, uh, until she passed. Uh, she was involved in the board meetings. She was involved in the organization. She had a personal connection to this, and we continue to have a personal connection uh, to her and, and to her family as well. Mm-hmm. Great uh, folks. You bet. Talking about short-term needs, um, anybody can and many people do just walk in. You get, what, 120 walk-ins a day or so? 120 families a day. 120 are, families are, are a day. Are walking in looking for some kind of assistance, yes, and sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, but that's our average. Um, and, and we're there to serve. Um, and we, we are not able to help with every circumstance. That's absolutely true. Uh, but, uh, but we offer the opportunity for anyone to come in, check in with our receptionist, and then we sit down and have a private conversation with every single family that comes in the door every time they come in. That's called our caseworkers. Uh, we have a couple of staff positions that, that supervise that, but mainly that's volunteers. Uh, I did that for 12 years as a volunteer, came in uh, once a week and sat down as a caseworker and, and really uh, loved it. It's just an opportunity to connect with people, to hear their story, and, and to let them talk through their situation in a non-judgmental environment and, and try to help them out, try to figure out, okay, what resources do we have in-house, in-path, or what else is there in the community that could help with their situation? Mm-hmm. Greg Grubb, Executive Director of PATH, people attempting to help in Tyler, I guess, this morning on In Focus. And I mentioned in Tyler, I wanted to say briefly, and we talked about this maybe a year or two ago, You uh, within the past year, year and a half, I think it's been, you, mm-hmm. you've expanded at least some of your services outside Tyler, which wasn't always the case. That's right. That's right. We had been so locally homegrown that, yes, we had had a pretty solid boundary there around the outside of Smith County and, and we're pretty intent on not serving anybody outside of Smith County. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we basically took down that wall and said, if you come into us and, and seek services from us, uh, we're not that concerned about what county you came from. And so we're seeing people every day from outside Smith County. Um, just a few. It's not a huge number. Uh, less than 10% of our total uh, crowd. But still, there are people coming in, interestingly, uh, who have a address outside of Smith County. Some of that is due to, you know, Tyler's economy. So people are coming in to work in Tyler. They're coming in to go to school in Tyler. They're coming in for the legal system or even the shopping uh, because all those opportunities in this region are in Tyler. But if you live in one of the outlying counties, um, many times you'll make that trip to Tyler and, and you may be here and find yourself in need and come by path and that's what happens okay and we talked about the short-term services that you're best known for in the community and i know we're going to be spending uh, some time later in the show talking about the longer term um programs mm-hmm. that you have did you kind of want to maybe give us just a brief synopsis and then we can go into more detail later in the show okay uh, on the longer on the term, longer term yeah. yeah yeah we call that transitional housing uh, we we own uh, 54 homes in tyler uh, that we rent out at below market rates. And the way we choose the families that to live in those homes, because there is such a shortage of affordable housing, it, there's, a, there's a screening process and there's a huge demand and waiting lists. Um, the families that we choose to enter that program are families that, that are ready to do the hard work, uh, set their own goals, something that will make them more financially stable, 
and and then we families that are ready to do that work and are and are good matches for our housing program we we move them in and then we pour everything we've got into those families for a couple of years, help them to achieve their goal, let them move on out then either to market rate rental properties or even home ownership. Okay. So that's an awesome program. It's, my, my heart is really there. I love to see that transformation. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show, as I just mentioned. Good. Um, one of the things that you are going to be talking to us about today that's new, or at least, it, well, it is new as far as the level at which you're operating it right now. This is the Homelessness Prevention Service. You've been able to expand in the past year, helping families on the verge of eviction or utility cut off to stay in their residence. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the issues that entails and how it looks different now from the way it did maybe the last time we talked about a year ago. Right, right. Yeah, um, h- housing in our community is, is so expensive that you have many, many people are are, are spending really way up near their limit uh, for, for housing, every available dime for housing and utilities. And, and as we all know, um, those are kind of basic need, human needs for our families. Uh, and, and assistance in our community for those kind of things is very limited, in part because it's so expensive. I mean, it's expensive for the individuals, but it's also expensive for the, uh, for the assisting agencies. Um, if, if, if your rent is six to $800 a month, then getting assistance, getting a, say, a $50 assistance from a helping agency may be a little help, and that's a good thing, but it's not, it's not going to be a big help. It's not going to get you out of a bind, and many people are in a bind. So we've, we look for people who either have already have an eviction notice or people who are already have a cutoff notice on their utilities. And, uh, and for those services, we ask them to make an appointment because we have such a limited num- amount of resources for those uh, services Um, and we sit down and and talk over their entire uh, financial situation we need to we look for families who are who are normally able to make it in that current situation we're trying not to prop up families into unsustainable situations we're trying to help a family who has hit a bump has hit a something a sickness or a, a or a car repair uh, or a death in the family, or a divorce, something that all of a sudden has hit them in the face, and all of a sudden they they can't make it through this current month. And so we screen those families and look for ways to help them. We've been able to get some grant funding during the past year that has allowed us to, to ramp up that kind of assistance. And and it's it's very effective. These are This is a one-time assistance for people who are normally in a sustainable situation. We're spending average something like $500 per family in rent and something close to $200 per family uh, for the utility assistance. This is, this is big t- one-time infusion to help people get out of a really tough spot, and it works. Uh, our follow-up um, surveys and, and our follow-up work tells us that uh, at, at least six to eight months after We've given this one-time assistance. 85% of those families are still in that home where, that they were in danger of losing. Mm. Because if you are in danger of evicted, obviously you're, you're in danger of losing your home. If you lose your utilities, then you're, you're in violation of your lease most of the time and are subject to being booted. So 
yeah, this this is a goal to keep families housed, homelessness prevention, literally, and, and it's worked. So we've ramped it up. Uh, in the past six months, we've been able to help um, 45 families with housing and 435 families with utilities. We've spent over $100,000 doing that. The money goes quickly. But it's, it's helping families stay housed. Okay. And basically, this is something you've been doing in kind of a spotty fashion for quite a while now, but you've really right. ramped it up within the last year or so. Right, right. We've been, been graced with some, with some donors who have seen the benefits of this and, and have stepped up and are, and are helping with this. The needs are much greater than that. During the same five-month period, we'd all, we've also kept track of the number of families that we've had to turn away because we ran out of funds. We didn't have enough mm-hmm. that month to help them. And so we've seen, we've, we've tracked 500 families in need of utilities and another 800 families in need of housing assistance during the same five months that we've been able to help uh, 435 and 45. So more than twice as many as we've helped, we've had to turn away. Okay, so you're making progress, but there's still a long way to go. There's and, a long way to go. And we you need more money, which dozen we'll talk calls about a day uh, from people looking for some kind of rent assistance. It, oh it is so tough. So oh, we're, we're having to be very selective, and 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 we have to. So we have to say no a fair amount, and that's so hard for us to do. We don't like saying no, but we we have to because we're we're trying to focus the limited funds toward the families that, that it can really have an impact on. Okay. We're talking to Greg Grubb, Executive Director of PATH, people attempting to help in Tyler and also serving surrounding counties. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus. Phone number 903-597-7284 if you want to call PATH, and the website is pathhelps.org. Hours Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, used to be open five days a week, but you changed that around just basically several years ago to uh, better serve the needs of your target clientele. Exactly. Yeah, we were we traditionally had been open um, 8:30 to 4:30 uh, because that worked good for volunteers, and and without volunteers we don't operate. Uh, but uh, we also saw families that were having to take off of work to come in to ask us for mm-hmm. help. And we said, wait a minute, this makes no sense. You need to be out working, not not taking off to come in looking for help. So we that's when we changed our hours up. And Friday was always a very slow day anyway. There are a few people looking for help on Fridays, but the, the demand was always way less. So we decided to stay open at 8, stay open till 6, allow people to come in before or after work, and, and then uh, we, we had to sacrifice Fridays because I have a, a – a limited staff. We have a staff mm-hmm. of 13 and a volunteer force of over 500 uh, mm-hmm. that make that help us operate. Okay. Uh, we were talking about the transitional housing program a few minutes ago. We're kind of segueing back into that right now in a fashion. Um, it's about rental homes. And one of the things you've done in the past year is you've sold off a couple of your rental homes. Likely you're going to sell a couple more this coming year. A bit of a reversal for us, but certainly a rhyme and reason to that. Yeah, it is reversal because we've been expanding that program, and I love that program. As I said, that's where my passion is, is, is housing and, and seeing families um, achieve their goals and move forward. Um, we had 56 homes uh, we were up to. We have built 14 over the past 10 years, brand new ones. So those are nice and are low on a maintenance cost for us, and, and they're great um, energy-efficient homes for our families. But we also... 
our start as a program was um, over 20 years ago when we uh, received and purchased uh, several rental homes from some some old uh, landlords uh, in town who decided they wanted out of that business. They had some old 50-year-old uh, rent houses. Mm-hmm. So now we have a, a large stock of 70-year-old rent houses, and and they're all small and uh, wood frame, and so some of them, some of them have been torn down over the years. They've just <laughs> collapsed. One, we had a tree fall on one, and the whole yeah. house collapsed, and we just had to demolish it. Uh, so we had a couple that were causing us uh, some extra uh, ongoing repair costs, and we said, that, yeah, plus they were outside of our normal geographic area a little bit, so we sold them off. Um, I really don't want to shrink that program. I'd really love to keep expanding it, but it is expensive. Uh, it does take staff to run, uh, and, and we had expanded ab- above and beyond our ability to, to administer it well. So we really, the board and, and I have felt the need to, to cut back just a little bit to make sure we can do this program well. Because if we can't do it well, if we can't keep the homes in good repair, uh, if we can't pay attention to the families well who are in the homes, then, then we really don't need to be involved in the program. Mm-hmm. I think you said something before we went to air about these homes uh, were maybe just not as core to your operations right. for different uh, reasons. Right, yeah, that's what I meant by the geographic area. There were some yeah. outside. Uh, we, we have, there's a little bit of scattering to our homes, but in general, they're, uh, they're north of Gentry Parkway and, and west of Broadway. But we had some that were kind of out of that area, and, and plus the fact that they were, uh, they were they were on our hit list because of, of the repair costs, and we said, you know, somebody who who wants to come in and, and do a little bit of major work on these homes would be better at owning them than us. Mm-hmm. And you made some money on the deal, and you always need money. We'll talk a little bit about donations and about volunteers as well a little bit later in the show. Um, anything beyond what you've already told us? Anything about the impact of this move on the outlook for the transitional housing program, how it's going to make it work better? Maybe expand on that a little bit. I think mainly just allowing us to to uh, allocate our resources and our staff time uh, to the homes that we do have and the families that we are working with. We love those families. We pour everything into them. We, we have a child mentoring program uh, aimed at those families in those homes. Uh, we have traditionally helped with income tax uh, return preparation aimed at those families in those mm-hmm. homes. Uh, we have a, a school supply uh, program uh, where they can pr- we pre-purchase school supplies at a deep discount, and that's aimed at those families. Uh, we have a home buyer education course, uh, uh, a matching savings program, all aimed at those families in those homes. We are serious about pouring everything we've got into those families. We want them to succeed. Okay. Uh, people who need short-term assistance, uh, th- that is, I imagine, going to be the bulk of your walk-in business. What about right. people in the longer-term programs? Do they start off there just by walking in needing short-term help and then transition into the uh, THP, Transitional you, Housing Program? Right. Usually, that's the case. That's right. And you know, and and there there's something of a move amongst uh, our 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 industry, our our agencies, people like us around the country. There's something of a move away from just just giving away services. There's something of a move away from food pantries, uh, those kind of things. Feeling that maybe that uh, uh, makes people dependent, even. Yeah. And there's some concern about that. Uh, that's a source of debate. Uh, every time there's a group gets together. Um, 
in in my mind, we we keep those kind of options open for a couple of reasons. One, because it's it's good and kind, and and the people of our community want to support it, and we want to bless people who walk in the door. But number two, it it creates those relationships. So our personalized approach to doing this where we have a conversation with every person every time they come in the door, allows us to d- develop that kind of relationship. And so we discover, well, okay, you're struggling with your housing cost. Um, you might be a good candidate for our transitional housing program. We can free you up. Okay. Talking to Greg Grubb, Executive Director of PATH and Tyler, people attempting to help. PathHelps.org is the website. Uh, phone number 903-597-7284. I want to talk a little bit now about a couple of new collaborations in the community that have arisen during the past year, deeply involved in both. We discussed this one uh, about two or three months ago, I think. Christina Folsom from the mm-hmm. East Texas Human Needs Network right. was in, and she was really the engine behind getting the word out about the 903help.org website, which, from what I understand, is really in the process of revolutionizing, connecting people with the help that they need. Tell us about your involvement with that and how you think it's going so far. Right. We've, we've been involved with that from the start. Yeah, um, Christina and the, and the Ethan organization have, have uh, taken that on and, and have done a great job with it. Um, and, and, and for what it does, it does a great job. It's, it's a web-based product, so it is a website, and it allows people with Internet access to search uh, for assistance, and it's very searchable. It's very user friendly. We have been uh, one of the one of the agencies that's been involved from day one, uh, and we keep our information up to date so that if you go to the 903help.org website, you will get good information. Um, there are limitations to it, and so it's it's a supplement. It's in addition to the statewide 211 system, which is a, a phone-in system, which also has an internet option, um, but uh, it. The 903help.org is is a very good source of local information, and for is accessible by anybody on the internet. So that we we like it. We think it's a good addition to the to the method of getting information out to people. And so far, getting good results from it. People responding well, yeah, getting the help it, they need. It, it is. And the other thing, we use it. Uh, our caseworkers uh, use it when right. we're looking for, okay, what else is available in the community? And they can do a quick search and say, okay, this is good, and we can count on this information. It's not like looking up uh, resources in some printed guidebook or a yeah. summary of services that are out of date by the time they get printed because these these things do change. Mm-hmm. Talking briefly about 211, that has kind of put 211 in a somewhat different spot on the map, but still very important to a lot of people. And you tell me that uh, if you don't have internet access and you got to make that phone call, you need 211, and 211 is still just really important to people in the community for that reason. And also, Absolutely. in case they need to look for help outside the Tyler, East Texas area. That's right. It's a, it's a statewide organization, so you can get information from, from other areas of the state. That's that's a very useful thing. So, yeah, United Way uh, sponsors that service mm-hmm. here locally, and, and it's a very good service for, for what it does as well. 
Okay. Uh, NetHealth, Northeast Texas Public Health District, is leading a pilot project. And this is a new one on me, but it's real interesting. An online referral system called Community Cares to connect uninsured individuals with the resources that they need. A little bit about that and how right, that's working right. so far. It, it is. It just started up in December. It is definitely a new pilot project. Uh, it's something that um, a group of us have been working on all year long uh but but northeast texas public health district is the is this the housed organization the ones that are responsible for it and so far it seems to be good um the goal is to get people who um who don't need to be in the er for their medical care um to keep them out of the er so they don't have to wait so long so they're so it doesn't cost so much for them uh people who are in need of a primary care physician ought to go see a primary care physician somewhere those of us who are uninsured have a harder time getting in to see one of those physicians and so you might just say well i can't really afford that i'll just wait till i'm really sick and then you wait too long you finally go to the er so there's an um all the, the er the local er's are are connected into the system the local um, low-income uh, clinics are connected into the system several of the local helping agencies like path are connected into the system it's an interesting it's an online referral system so when somebody comes into path and they say i really need to go see a doctor but i can't afford it where do i go we say okay we can connect you we can we take their referral into the system within 24 hours a community health worker contacts them determines what their actual medical need is and then sets up an appointment for them at one of the participating clinics or physicians. Um, and so far it seems to be working really good. We, we're keeping track of it because we want to refer people to things that actually work and actually help them. And, and it seems to be working well. So it's, it's an interesting concept. Uh, it will benefit the community uh, by keeping people who don't need to be in the ER, but keeping them out of there. And it will benefit the people who are in need of health care because they'll get preventive care. They'll get primary care rather than waiting for it to turn into a disaster or an emergency. Mm -hmm. That's the Community Cares Project that you're doing in uh, concert with NetHealth, Northeast Texas Public Health District. And you can get more information about that and anything we're talking about today from calling 903-597-7284 or going to that website, pathhelps.org, as we visit with Greg Grubb, Executive Director of PATH, people attempting to help in Tyler this morning on In Focus. How can people help? They can make a donation. They can make a donation online. Easy right, to do. Right, right. We, we try to make it easy. Uh, you know, everybody has different uh, skill levels, but uh, yes, we try to make that easy uh, uh, go on online at pathhelps.org that's an easy place to to donate uh, checks or, or cash or grid good to uh, our mailing address is 402 west front street in tyler um, or, or like you said just call us uh, we'll we'll help you out uh, get you good information if you call 903-597-PATH um, so that's 7284 okay um, an, another good way is email uh, a very simple email address is info at pathhelps.org okay and that that usually goes to me or to one of my managers right. and we'll make sure you get a reply to that so oh, okay. those are all good facebook we're on facebook we keep that up to date that's path helps at on facebook and twitter both uh so yeah lots of good sources of information um donation wise uh, the, the other key part, besides monetary donation, uh, the other key part of donations for us is what we call in-kind donations. We have people who bring 
especially items for the food pantry, mm-hmm. uh, blankets and fans during those seasons, uh, canned goods, uh, fresh produce. We'd love to get fresh produce right. in. Uh, from, we have several farmers and growers who bring in something. Uh, even even butchered meat is good. We can, we can get it uh, out into the hands of people who need it because we will see 120 families that day who will need some groceries. We get most of our groceries from the East Texas Food Bank. We purchase uh, th- at their discounted prices, but we're spending $10,000 a month uh, at the food bank. Uh, in addition to our donations. So those in-kind donations are precious to us as well. Drop them by our building, uh, 402 West Front Street, uh, anytime Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6. Okay. Volunteers, um, on the website, according to the most recent information you have, and I think according to what you told me earlier in the show, about 500 volunteers have helped out within uh, maybe the past year's time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't always use more. One good way... To get involved as a volunteer is through the Bev's Reach, Bev's Kid Reach mentoring program, which we mentioned in passing right. a few miles, a, 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 a few miles. I just invented a new expression a little while ago. I like that. <laughs> I think I'll put it in the dictionary. There you go. But a great way to mentor kids. You can volunteer for that, and then just kind of volunteering in the food pantry, in the office, right. receptionist. Uh, if you want to get involved as a volunteer, I guess just call that number and they'll, you'll fix them right up. Call the number, send an, in, send an email to info at pathhelps.org. Uh, we will get you connected. There are volunteer opportunities, no matter your skill set, no matter your experience level, uh, we, we can use good volunteers. Okay. And the last thing we want to just talk about briefly today, Path Week happens every September. Put it on your calendar. You're plan- making plans for Path Week this year. It's an awareness and fundraising campaign. Usually at least uh, one special event is held with a guest speaker. Right. And Path Week, I understand, went pretty well this past year. Right. It's, it's been great. Uh, the past couple of years, we have uh, consolidated several uh Path Week events into one big event, and and it seems to be appreciated by the community. It certainly helps us better fundraising-wise. So we receive a significant chunk of our budget, you know, maybe maybe a sixth or a seventh of our budget that we need, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, So it's it's a great event. We try to make it uh, a time to appreciate the community and celebrate Mm -hmm. talking about path week and Mm -hmm. talking about path people attempting to help our time is up greg grubb executive director of path our guest this morning on in focus great visiting with you as always greg thanks so much thank you john bless you you bet greg grubb with path our guest i'm john sims thanks for joining us see you again next week on in focus